Welcome to the Called Women podcast, a dedicated space for women ready to venture beyond the familiar and embrace the whispers of their true calling. I am your host, Natasha Miller. Join me as we dive into remarkable stories of resilience, celebrating the beauty of blooming in our own time and navigating the sometimes uncertain path to purpose. This podcast is more than an invitation for you to simply step into your unique place in God's story. This is a sacred space where your gifts are not just celebrated, but are needed. So I encourage you not to simply listen, but actively embrace the journey ahead, where every episode we are specifically creating for you to make that step closer to fully realizing the extraordinary calling that awaits you. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share a quick secret with you. We have a monthly private episode for women who are subscribed to our weekly free newsletter. So I wanna make sure that you're a part of this community because when you are a part of the newsletter, you're able to submit questions where I will personally answer them on a private episode. So if you have questions about your calling, something you want to be coached through, or if you simply need some encouragement, you want to make sure that you are a part of the newsletter community. Remember, this podcast isn't my podcast. This is our podcast. And I want you to get your personal questions answered. The link to subscribe to that free newsletter is in the show notes. It's also pinned in our free Facebook community. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Call to Women podcast. My heart is so so full this morning to spend time with a very special guest, Susan Say. So before I have her come on and share with you all, I want to, one, share how I met her, and secondly, read her official bio. So I met Susan, I actually have been following her for over three years, and um, I found her on a podcast, um, and I immediately was impacted by the realness, the rawness, the authenticity, and the intentionality of the episodes that she had made and curated for moms like me. And um, I also stayed in line with her emails and updates, and I realized that she was opening up opportunities to be mentored by her. And I was in a season of raising littles, and I'm still in that season, but I remember reading that email and my heart just slept where I was ready to really take that dive into learning and receiving from a seasoned woman that was um, opening up her life and opening up her time to pour back into a mama like me. And I went into the mentorship with high expectations and each expectation was met and more. So I knew that when Call to Women podcast started that I had to have her on so that I can share her with all of you amazing women in the Call to Women community. Um, so Susan Say is the host of the Mentor for Moms podcast. She's an international speaker and certified life coach. And Susan is a wife and mom to seven children, and she also homeschools them. All right now, look, okay? And what I love about her is that she understands the challenges of trying to be an intentional parent in a noisy and distracting world. So Susan, welcome to the Call to Women podcast. 
I am absolutely excited to be here and so proud of the way you are showing up in your life and stepping forward in your giftings. It's just a joy to watch. Oh, Susan, thank you so much. Again, I am so ready for us to get into these questions because um, I've had the privilege of staying connected with you in a myriad of ways, but I haven't heard the whole story of your journey of becoming this amazing mentor for moms. So I would love, if you can, to bring us back to the version of Susan before you created the Mentor for Moms podcast. Um, and before you were even walking in and accepting uh, the responsibility and role of mentoring moms. Yeah. Ooh, goodness. It's like, how far <laughs> back do we go? I was born in Virginia. Back. Nah. <laughs> uh, I went to school and, and high school in Florida. Nah, let's do that. So I think a great place to pick up uh, my story is um, the fact that my hubby and I married when we were in college. Uh, he was finishing his master's degree. I was finishing my undergrad. And I already in marrying him while I was in college was interrupting my own life plan. I was one of those that had this timeline of just how I saw life going and marriage was after college, after I had lived on my own for a period of time, after I had begun my career, then I would be open to marriage. So this man showing up in my life and saying, I want to marry you and I want you to be my wife and I'm ready to move forward with that now was already like messing my stuff up. Okay. Like I was like, this is not the way I saw things going. And I had to have a group of friends intervene on my behalf to help me to see that this indeed was God's call for me to step into marriage, even though I wasn't done with my undergrad. Because post undergrad, I was going into grad school. My dream was to become a licensed marriage and family counselor. That's the way I was headed. And I was like full on. Well, by the time we got to graduation weekend. I kept meeting with my professors all up to that point. And I was like, I'll see y'all soon. I'm coming to grad school. The closer we got to graduation, the more I found myself going, maybe I'll see you guys. I don't know. Like something in me is shifting and I don't even know what this is. But the plan doesn't seem to be holding up like it used to. It doesn't I don't feel as sure and confident about it as I used to. And by the time we hit graduation weekend, girl, I took a test and found out we were expecting baby number one. And so all of the family is coming for him to get his master's degree, me getting my undergrad the same weekend, and we announcing baby number one is on the way. And it is just ever since then, my life has gone in a direction that I did not <laughs> Clearly, I am not running things and I am not in control. And that is how my life looked starting out in the motherhood journey is the timing, the direction. None of those things lined up with the way I saw my life going. And yet here I was finding myself walking this out, even though I had no clue where I was headed. Mm, wow. One thing that really stood out to me as you were sharing your your journey of meeting your husband and you internally processing and trying to 
you know, figure out how does this fit into the picture that I have for me? You said that you talked to a group of friends and you sought out like wisdom, like, hey, girl, this is going on. How should I process that? I would love to know what did your friends do to support and help you uh, during that moment? Yeah. Uh, first of all, they had me sit down because mm -hmm. I was just passionately walking around the apartment telling them of how like, this is ridiculous. Like, I like him a lot and we've been doing really good. I don't know why he has to bring up marriage. Like, this is mm -hmm. messing up everything. So they were like, have a seat, like have a seat, sit down. And then they started asking me questions. They were like, do you love him? I was like, yes. Does he love you? Yes. They were like, bigger question. Does he love the Lord? I was like, he does. And they were like, um, and doesn't he have a job? Yes. So does he have means to take care of you all? Yes. So why, why would you say no? And I was like, uh, because, and then I went back to my silly life plan and they were like, oh my good gravy, put that thing away. Like, <laughs> are you really going to walk away from a man who loves you, who loves the Lord and says, I want to marry you because he doesn't fit into your plan? Are you really going to limit your life? in that way. And I had to, I had to embrace what they were trying to show me because I had been so used to having to figure things out and so used to thinking that's what re being responsible for your life looked like, that to begin to open up my life to embrace someone else coming in and then working through living life with this other person, it was a big shakeup in my world for me. It shook up a lot of what I thought being an adult and stepping into my own look like. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think that I'm missing a God opportunity here because it's not coming wrapped up in the direction that I thought it would look like. Yeah, no, I love that because that is really how the Lord works whenever he's wanting to bring something extravagant into our lives, right? It just doesn't make sense. And when he presents it to us, it can often look foreign and it takes, and then, and then it may take time for us to catch up with the fullness of what he's doing. So, so, so once you found out that you were pregnant, um, how was that process, right? Because you now have seven children. So was there like a grieving process, like even during that time of having like your first child and continuing to still like, I'm sure like kind of work out what God was doing. How did you, how did you process reality mm -hmm. with also the dreams, you know, that were in your heart? Mm. Well. I began to see the, the distance in my heart, this disconnect happening in my heart when I didn't go and apply for grad school, when I just didn't have it in me to apply for grad school, but I couldn't figure out what that was. I had no idea it was connected to pregnancy. I had no idea that God was absolutely shifting everything about the direction my life was going. So when our first was born, I am one of those women that absolutely was smitten 
with motherhood. Like, forget it. I was gobsmacked. Like, I was, it was, I was no good to anybody. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Look at this child. Look at what God has created for me and my husband. Like, look at this moment in my life. I can't imagine doing anything else but being right here, right now. I can't imagine anybody giving me some tempting opportunity that would pull me away from this. So count me in. Whatever this is, is this what motherhood is, man? Count me in. I'm all in. This is it. Let's go. So I was open to another, clearly, child, and another, and another. My hubby's goal, when we first talked about marriage and kids. He was like, I'd love to have one, maybe two kids. I said, you're safe with me. I thought two, maybe three. We're good. Then we multiplied child three times two. Then we added one for a bonus. <laughs> we got to seven. And I just really thought seven was never, ever the dream I had for my life. And I think a lot of people are impressed when they hear seven. You got seven kids. How? What? What? And I really want to be honest with you. That seven represents something that most of you can't see. So I'm going to just expose it for you. Seven is what it took for God to get my full attention. He couldn't get my full attention with one or two because I still was very independent and highly capable and I was running. It took seven for me to go, God, I can do nothing without you. And I mean that like nothing. That's really good. And I love how you came to that place of utter dependency, right? And how how the Lord used your children, you know, to bring you to the end of yourself. So even during, you know, this time as you're raising your children, were you like searching for a mentor? Like, was it something that you had like immediately or was it something you had to seek out? Yeah, I constantly on a search because I felt like I was in a position that was a very honored, privileged place to hold in another person's life. And that's the role of a mother. Yet questioning everything about what I did. I questioned what I fed them. I questioned how much I let them sleep. I questioned what they wore. I questioned how I spoke to them. Like I wanted to know that I was doing the absolute best I could by them. And I wanted someone to reassure me. So I was constantly looking for someone to speak into my life. And I would have these moments where I would see a um, apartment open up near us. Or when we moved into a home, there would be a home on our street that would come up for sale. And in my mind, she, whoever my mentor is, is going to move into that place. And she and I are going to create this friendship and connection. And when I have questions, I'm just going to pop over to her house and she's going to serve me a cup of tea and she's going to just reassure me and pour all this wisdom out on me. And I'm just going to soak it up like a sponge and I'm going to come back home ready to give my family the absolute best that they deserve. And girl, that never happened. It never happened. (laughs) Instead, I had one-offs. I had one-off conversation here. I would have a radio interview that I would hear somewhere. I would pick up a book and get some insights there. And I just had to take almost like a breadcrumb approach to the support that I needed and the wisdom that I needed for the journey that I was on. But I helped 
me to make a declaration in my heart that when I get to the place where I could be that person for someone else, I'm going to do it. And that is what led me to be mentor for moms. Yes. And that goes right into the next question I wanted to ask you because um, a lot of women are hungry, you know, for mentorship. And I know that it can be presented in different, you know, fashions and form uh, to where you can, you know, DM someone or you could go to your neighbor's house or reach out to that woman. But sometimes you may not be able to have that connection because of season, time, et cetera. So I loved how you really, you accepted, you know, the breadcrumbs, but you didn't stop there. You made a decision to be that for someone else. So with, you know, accepting that call and saying, okay, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm you know, choosing to pioneer and walk in this. So what did that look like in the beginning stages of stepping out in that role? A hot mess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It looked like a hot mess. It looked like me going, okay, now that I say yes to this, what does this even mean? And what does this even look like? And I had uh, someone advise me. They were like, right now, the big thing is uh, mom blogs everybody's writing these mom blogs and they're getting these websites and they're doing the blogs. So why don't you set that up? So I was like, cool, help me get a website set up. Help me get a blog. Great. It's all looks great. If anybody clicked the link, everything looks great. But if you could see me on the other side of that screen, it didn't look so great. So I was sitting there going, great. What should I say? They were like, well, you know, write to the women. What? I was like, write to them about what? Like everything. I was so lost. So the facade looked like someone who had it polished and pulled together. And the reality was I couldn't have a, give you a clue about what I was doing. I didn't know what this was supposed to be. I didn't know what I was supposed to say because the whole reason I'm called mentor for moms is not because I came up with some catchy title. This is what the women in my life called me. And I heard it enough that I was like, clearly there's something here. I don't fully get what it is. But I'm going to just embrace that that's what they're calling me. So let's put that out there for other women who might be looking for that or who already understand what that is and go, bam, that's for me. And at the same time, I'm over here with my face to the wall going, God, I don't know what you want me to do here. And what I learned is it ain't blogging. Okay. That was not my jam. I struggled with that. I don't care for writing like that. I was, it was never life-giving for me to try to write for a blog. So I had a friend when I was on a trip say, Susan, why don't you try podcasting? You talk with such ease. And when you talk, we all turn around. Like, I don't know if I give an EF Hutton (laughs) reference, if anybody even gets that, but that used to be in my day, that commercial EF Hutton, when he spoke, the whole room went silent. She said, when you speak, we all are listening. We're tuning in because there's going to be gems of wisdom and we want to catch them. So she was like, would you try podcasting? I said, I'll try anything once. Like, let's go and see what happens. And I had no idea that the podcasting would just bring me alive. I was like, turn the mic on. Let's go. This is what we can talk about today. And this is what I want to share with you. And here's what I wish somebody had told me. And it flowed out of me so 
beautifully and effortlessly that I was like, this is my lane. Yeah, no, I love that there was, because really it is this, it's this daily walk and like paying attention to the clues of our story. So even how you talked about people around you in your community were already calling you that mentor. And I think for the listeners that are tuning in right now, um, that this would be a great moment for you to even share, like to encourage, right? A woman who may be at home, you know, and she has little ones running around and she's like, I don't have time to do the things that are passionate for me. I don't, I don't even know my name outside of mom or even the woman who is juggling motherhood and working a nine to five job and just her energy is just, you know, sucked away with, you know, daily, daily roles and responsibilities. So how would you encourage how would you encourage that type of woman to uh, pay attention uh, to the clues of their life? <laughs> so one, I would say the gifting that is within you and the calling that is on your life is already an established fact. So even if you're not operating in it right now, it doesn't mean that that gifting is not present and that that calling is not real. And I know I needed to hear that when I would feel incredibly frustrated with the dreams I had in my heart, but the reality of my circumstances did not make space for those dreams because it felt like for me that I was missing out on what God had for me instead of recognizing that sometimes God gives us vision before he gives us the equipment we need to walk that vision out. And so hold the vision. Pray over the vision, trust God for the timing of that vision, but recognize that he already knows the gifts in you and the calling and the purpose that he has on your life, even if he hasn't graced you to walk that thing out yet. So that's the first thing I would say. The second, and I think you keep picking up on this theme and I absolutely believe in it, and that is keep good people around you at all times because they will be the voices to speak into the blind spots of your life, to help you to see what you can't see, to help you to hear what you can't hear, and to help you to know God's plan for your life when you get stuck in your way of how you think you're supposed to live life. They can speak truth to you and help you to align with the grace that God is moving you in your life. So keep good people around you who can speak life to you and keep you focused on God's plan and helping you to bring your plan in submission to his. That's so good, Susan. I would love to ask you, how did you find your tribe, right? Uh, I know that I've, I've listened into your podcast um, on certain episodes to where you talked about that of just different seasons of joining like coaching programs or masterminds. And then you have a homeschool community of women. So how did you work through the different seasons of relationships and, and manage them? I, it has been a journey that has been ups and downs. And I think that what God has had to teach me along the way is that because of my own childhood experience of moving a lot and shifting schools and shifting neighborhoods, 
that I had this declaration that I made of, I'm not going to ever do that to my kids. I want my kids to have some stability. I want them to be in the same house and have the same neighbors and have the same people that they grew up with. And they have this place when they call it home. It's like not just home as a house, but home as this community of people that they know and that know them. And so in trying to do that, I approached friendships for like the long haul. In my mind, me and you, girl, when we link up as friends, we're going the distance. When we get old, we'll be sitting in the rocking chair laughing about the memories and going over all the times we've had. And you remember when that happened between us moments. And instead, what happened is I kept meeting people and then circumstances in their lives would change or circumstances in my life would change. And God would move us in different directions. And it was an absolute jab to my heart. Because I was like, wait, that was my person. That was my girl. That was the one, my ace. And now she's gone. So then another person would come in my life. And I'd be like, oh, okay. See, because God is kind to me. He brought me somebody else. And then same thing would happen again. And I just thought, I don't like this. And now I don't even want to make friends with people because people leave and disagreements happen and misunderstandings happen. And I don't like this. So just forget it. I don't even want to have people in my life, except deep down in my heart. I absolutely did. Right. So God one day gave me this viewpoint of a perspective. I don't know if you've ever traveled by train, especially train into a huge city. But if you ever get to travel into a Chicago or New York or somewhere like massive train stations, you're traveling along the track until you approach the city. And then suddenly lots of tracks start to align and you can look out the window and you're looking into the other train car like you could see other people traveling. And God showed me that in my mind, as I was traveling along the track and the train would stop and people would get on and people would get off. That's how I was looking at friendships like. People got on my train. We're going to ride the train together. This is our journey. And God said, that's not how I actually want you to see friendships and relationships. I want you to see, as we get closer to that city, the parallel tracks. That you all ride on parallel tracks until it's time for your destination to be reached. And then your track will go in the direction that's for you. And you have to trust that the same people that came into your life for that parallel process. Also, you want to bless them and release them to follow the track and the direction that God is leading them and be able to love them still, even if they're no longer aligned with your journey. But everybody has a journey to follow. And when I hold the friendships with an open hand and an open heart, I'm able to embrace the seasons when God aligns our tracks and aligns our life but also bless them when our tracks send us off in different directions and trust God with every part of that journey. That is a whole word. <laughs> I mean, this is such a healthy way of viewing relationships because I know that I have also viewed friendships in that fashion as well to where I'm accepting a new friendship, but I'm still grieving over the old one, right? Because 
we're not in the same state anymore or we're not talking as often, but it's knowing that we, it's giving each other uh, the permission to grow and thrive and reconnect. Um, and I believe too, that if it is a good friend and a friend that is supposed to be with you through all the different journeys, that that won't even be a question. It will something that will just naturally align and come together. I love that. Call to women. Oh my gosh. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the call to in the call to women group your thoughts on that. Um, so Susan, you have mentored many women. You've mentored moms. And what would you say are some of the biggest struggles that women are going through, you know, in this, I would say in this generation, right? Because you've been doing it for a long time and you've been able to see the ebbs and flows of what's, you know, affecting women. Um, so with that coaching and working with women one-on-one, uh, -on -one, uh, what are some of the roadblocks, uh, some of the, the hard parts that they're needing uh, guidance and help in? Hmm. I would say what I am seeing as trends of late, um, loneliness, in spite of how good it may look, and I am talking to women and, and working with women one-on-one -on -one that other people are looking up to and like, oh man, her life is amazing. And look at her following and look at all the ways in which she's posting and showing up in pictures. And I get to hear the real of what's going on in her world. And it's a lonely road. It is a hard road to um, be in a place where so many people know your name, but don't know your heart. When they don't know the realities of your world and don't have the capacity to hold it if you did try to share it. So loneliness is one. Um, a lack of true sisterhood. I mean, some place where they can not have to put the makeup on and put the performance on, like they just show up. As I say, with a raggedy best, like just come in with your raggedy best and your sisters are like, get in here. We're just glad you're here. You don't have to perform for us. You don't have to show up for us. Just get in here. We just want you to be with us. We want to be with you. The other part is a hyper-independence. I see that in, oh, I'm about to say something controversial here, but here we go. Okay. So there's all this encouragement towards self-care. And I have been one to champion self-care because I've seen how women have neglected their own needs in the name of serving their family. But what I'm also noticing as we are stepping into self-care is that because we've missed in the key step, self-care is not providing the results we really want. And that key step is community and connection. When we are in community and we get care and support from a community, by extension, self-care will be this beautiful thing because it's us living out what the community poured in, we're just living out what we've received. But when we try to pursue self-care on our own, it becomes very independent and very self-focused. So we're like, this is my time. This is my money. This is my effort. This is my massage. This is my appointment. This is my time. And then we feel encroached upon by the very people God placed in our lives for us to love and serve. 
So heaven help our kid get sick on the day that we're finally supposed to have that appointment we've been waiting on. Now we're looking at the kid like, I cannot believe this feels like a personal attack. I can't believe you got sick on my appointment day. Now what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this? But if we are in a place where we've been supported by a community, then when we pursue self-care, if we miss an appointment, it's not that big a deal because the appointment wasn't our everything. We've already been receiving and we've got filling. And then we've got even people to call and go, girl, can you believe I can't even go to my appointment? And somehow just having that conversation, you feel better about it, you know? So I think that's the final piece that I see happening there. No, I love that. When you said hyper-independence, I was like, tell me more, tell me more. And you just so beautifully and eloquently, you know, describe, you know, what that looks like. And even just with, with the thread in our conversation, I'm hearing just the importance of community, the importance of sisterhood, you know, the importance of paying attention, you know, to the clues of your journey and like embracing the new thing, you know, that God's wanting to do in your heart. So as we prepare to uh, finish, you know, up, I wanted to um, ask um, if, you know, if there was a woman who was sitting right here and she's feeling burnt out, she's feeling tired, and she's just like, I don't feel like I can add anything else on my plate as a woman, as a mother. What would be one thing? that you would encourage her to do to help alleviate the stress that she may be feeling um, around showing up, you know, for herself. Because what I'm hearing through our conversation is that you're giving, you're giving women the permission to not have it all figured out, but to still make movement and to take steps towards ultimately finding out what that thing is that God has called them to. So how would you encourage a mom that's listening, that's tired, exhausted, and just like, this is, you know, she's listening in and she's like, this is great. I'm feeling encouraged, but what do I do next to help alleviate what I'm feeling so that I can actually become curious about what God has for me? I'm reminded of the story when the angel appeared to Mary and told her Mm. that she would carry the son of God. Mm. And she said, be it unto me according to your will. And I want to encourage that woman to adopt that as her life prayer in the midst of her exhaustion and her burnout and her overwhelm and her feeling like the dreams in her heart are an impossibility that she could get to a place where she could surrender those dreams to the father, trusting that he will hold them and carry them well. But she can also receive the calling that he has placed in her for something bigger than she believes she's even capable of stepping into. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are at the end of ourselves and we think that means the end. When really coming to the end of ourselves is where we begin and where we launch into something that is beautiful and holy and blessed of the Father. And Mm. that place will always give us life, but it will also cost us the life we thought we were supposed to live. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> and when you were sharing, Susan, I thought about uh, you sharing your journey of what the Lord walked you through in the last year and a half. And if you don't mind, would you mind, uh, you know, quickly sharing with us what that experience was and what it did in your life? Uh, remind me, are you talking about the season of silence or are you talking about yes, oh, the yeah. season of silence? Yes. So uh, I launched into the podcast back in what, what 2017, I started podcasting and um, the podcast I thought was always going to be really small because it's usually just me on the mic. I don't bring in a lot of guests. I don't have all of the names. And to my surprise, you know, that mustard seed of faith to say yes to that. God took it and multiplied it. And so the podcast reached the place of being in the top one and a half percent of all podcasts. And the downloads were just increasing by numbers that I couldn't even make sense. And I was getting reach outs from people from around the globe of how it was impacting their life and how they were getting together with friends and having conversations about the podcast. It was beautiful. So I went on a trip over the summer of last year. And when I came back in my mind, let's just get back into the norm of the flow. Let's get the things, the podcast scheduled. Let's reach out to my producer and let him know content is coming his way. All the things. And God absolutely pumped the brakes for me and was like, no, no podcasting, no private mentoring. I just want you to just be quiet and be still. And so he called me into the season of silence at a time when there were abundant opportunities available. He said, come away and just be with me. And I really felt like I've read the story about the rich young ruler and I've thought, what was he thinking that he said, leave everything and follow me? And he was like, I, I don't know if I could do that. I was like, are you kidding? That was to spend time with Jesus. And then when it came time to me, <laughs> he said, come away from the podcast, come away from all these things. And I was like, wait, are you kidding? Like, I should be responding to these sponsorship opportunities. Like, are you kidding? And then I had to say, oh, I guess it is. That is a challenging ask. And yes, Lord, I will. So I walked through a, goodness, 16-month season of silence where I walked away from the podcast, from coaching, from mentoring, from programs, courses, all of it. I walked away from all of it. All kinds of opportunities have gone my way, and I I did not ever feel released that God said yes. And it has refined the call. It did not release me from it. It refined that I'm here because God sent me here. I am after being faithful, not famous in this work. And God helped me to see that he truly is the one who calls me, equips me, and blesses me as I go on my way so that I don't look to other people. I don't look to the numbers and the data as my feedback. But I look to the peace of God, the joy of God, the blessing of God in my family and in my life to say it is enough. He is enough. And I am enough in him. Wow. So beautiful. I, I know that the story that you just shared is going to impact each woman in 
you know, in a tremendous way. Um, and I would just encourage you friends to really listen to that story. And, and as she shared that story, if there's anything that came up to where maybe there's something that you, you need to let go of or someone you need to forgive, or maybe you, you need to step away from an opportunity or an opportunity or whatever it is. Um, we really just want you to stay in tune with what God has for you and to be unapologetic about that because he truly is the one who sustains. And we have seen that woven into the story of Susan. And we believe that the Lord wants to do that in your life as well. So Susan, we have a question from our, from our call to women community that we want to end with. Um, and we'd love to have your wisdom on this. So uh, the question is, I am a busy single mom. I'm juggling two jobs, kid schedules, and volunteering at my church. My question is, how do, I, how do I practically build my confidence? I know what God says about me, but I'm struggling with believing it and knowing, I'm sorry, I'm struggling with believing and I know it's affecting me. Um, it's affecting my ability to go for my dreams. What is something you did to build your confidence? Mm -hmm. mm. I, I believe that confidence is always directly connected to courage. So what I would say to this mom is something that um, a fabulous woman named Charlie said to me, and that is don't be afraid of the story God gave you to tell. So no matter what your history may tell you, your experiences may tell you, the wounds in your heart may tell you about who you are and what you can do and who you can affect and impact. Don't be afraid of that story because God gave it to you to tell it. And, that, and you telling that story and you walking in the freedom of telling that story will set other people free. When you walk in the truth that God has planted in your heart, which the truth roots run deeper than the story roots, okay? Like the story roots, we can keep us at a surface level where we will count ourselves out. But the truth will run deep enough that it charges up and strengthens our spine in a way that we will speak what God has done in our lives. We will speak the truth of who we are in him. And when we do that, we permission other people to stand up and that their backs get stiffened too. And they go, who are we? We are the ones who are called by the Holy God to stand here and speak of his name and speak of his glory. Yeah. Oh, so good. That gave me chills. As you were sharing that, I could literally like picture it in my mind, my body being recharged. And there's just something about being who you are in all its fullness, right? In the fullness of who you are, there's such a freedom. And then there is a courage and a confidence that's attached to that. Uh, Susan, I have enjoyed our time together and the conversation that we had. Um, I would love uh, for you to share how um, our friends can stay connected with you um, and, and how they can follow you. Yes. Uh, I'll say one last thing as I tell mm -hmm. you how to stay in touch with me. Yeah. If you are experiencing exhaustion, if you are feeling this deep sense of disconnect from the desires in your heart 
and you look at the reality of your circumstances and you're like, there's a gap here that I don't get how to fill. Mm -hmm. I'm going to encourage you that it's time to make sure that you are sitting in the place where you can allow the living water from the people that God can bless you by to flow into you. Because right now you are in a dry, dry land and the living water will bring life into you. It will speak to those dreams. It will speak to the person that you are beyond the stories and the experiences you've had, but the person that God created when he created you. So find living water and sit Mm -hmm. under it and just saturate yourself in it till God Mm -hmm. gives you the release to step out and be living water for someone else. Okay. So to stay in touch, and I would love for you to, I am back on the mic. The podcast is back, Mentor for Moms. So come see me every Monday. There's a new episode coming out. I'm on the socials under my name, Susan L-C-S-E-A-Y. You can connect with me there. I'm in awe of what God can do when women say yes to him. And if you are saying yes to him, then you better believe that I want to have connection with you. So let's stay connected. Thank you so much, Susan, for this conversation. And I look forward to chatting soon. Mm -hmm. Bye. What did you think of today's episode? I hope you loved it as much as I did. If you found any value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you downloaded this episode by hitting that little down arrow wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you have any big takeaways from today's episode, feel free to share it with a friend that you think would benefit from this episode. I absolutely love hearing how you feel about the episodes that I'm sharing and creating for you. So feel free to tag me on social media with any truths or breakthroughs that you have received. I love reading what you find the most value in. Thank you again for being here today. And I pray that you felt the love of God through today's episode. And always remember that you belong in God's story.